Hey, everybody. Good morning to you. This is Heidi St. John. Today is Monday, February 26th. It is normally Mailbox Monday here at the podcast, but today I've got some kids who are sick with the flu and I'm diffusing my thieves and we're just trying to take it easy. So I have decided to go ahead and move my friend Ann Dunnigan's, the second part of her podcast that we recorded last Friday to today because I had more energy then. (laughs) So if you want to hear more from my friend Ann, about the delights and the challenges of launching your children uh, to serve the Lord and to walk with Him. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So last Friday, Ann and I were talking a little bit about the the death of Billy Graham and there's just the homegoing and the impact that he has had on multitudes and tens of thousands of people around the world. And we began sort of talking about uh, our own children and our own responsibility. And as I was listening to, and we we talked about the illustration from Psalm 127, that our children have been given to us like arrows in the hands of a warrior. And it really is our responsibility as parents to, to do the very best that we can to uh, teach our children what that looks like. And so I've asked Anne if she would come back on the podcast today. She's a little bit ahead of me in this parenting journey. I've been uh, married for going on 29 years. And I think Anne said she'd been married for 32 years. And uh, her kids are, she's got 10 grandchildren. Oh my goodness. So we have so much we can learn from this beautiful woman. So Anne, welcome back to the podcast today. Thank you, Heidi. I'm excited to be here. So you and I were talking a little bit about uh, last week, we were talking about um, our children being arrows and kind of that the culture has sort of rejected this idea uh, of um, uh, this imagery rather of arrows. And it's not really embraced by families today, but yet this is God's call on our lives. And as I was listening to you talking about your your uh, children and what and just the burden that God's put on your heart, which really should be on the heart of every mother, uh, every Christian mother to raise our children to love and serve the Lord. Um, I got to thinking about kind of the idols that we have in our lives. And I was taking notes as you were, as you were talking, because I think sometimes we can take, we take a hundred percent of the responsibility uh, instead of realizing that our responsibility is to obey and to teach our children and to release them when God says to release them. But then that we transfer that, right? It becomes 100%. It's on the Lord. And we begin to labor for our children in prayer. And I've watched you do that uh, over the years through several things that have happened with your children. But I'm just thinking today for the moms who are listening, so many of them uh, have children who are either in middle school or they've got children in high school, they're kind of at the precipice, you know, of adulthood and their children haven't gotten there yet. And I think we can falter as we get, as our children get older, because it becomes sort of a fearful thing. And you have been in several situations where as a mother, I think um, we can be terrified of where our children are and, and do we really trust God's hand of protection? So I'm wondering today if uh, you can talk a little bit first about, uh, your son, Patrick, and his uh, his desire to go into the military and sort of how that came about. But I think what we're trying to get at is God has a unique call for every single one of the children that he gives to us. And it's really our job as parents to sort of uh, mine that out of them, to help them figure out what is God's call on your life and then be willing 
to release them into the world to pursue God's call in their life. And you guys have done an incredible job of that. So um, I'm going to turn it over to you and just uh, and ask you kind of what's on your heart for the moms who are, and the dads too, because there are lots of dads that listen to this podcast, uh, when it comes to uh, raising these arrows and releasing them out into the world to pursue God's purpose in their own life. Well, a verse that I love is Psalms 144, verse 12. And that talks about uh, raising our kids. It talks about that our sons may be as olive plants grown up in their youth and that our daughters as pillars sculptured in palace style. And from the time our kids were little, this has always been something we have prayed over our children, that our sons, you know, even when they were little kids, we would just speak over them that when you are big, you are going to be like an olive plant grown up in your youth. You are going to be a leader. You know, like it says in Timothy that, um, you know, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers, and, you know, in word and deed and purity and and how that um, our sons are to be like olive plants where oh, I remember in Spain, there was one time we were on a mission trip and we were driving through Spain and we were seeing these fields of uh, olive trees. And the person who was with us told us how these trees have deep roots so that they can withstand, you know, long periods of drought. And so we would tell our kids, you know, even when they were little, when you grow up, when you're in middle school, when you're in high school, we pray that you would be a mighty man of God, even from the time that you're young and that our daughters would be pillars. What, what we see is that is that our, our girls, we want to train our girls to be strong and solid, like a, a marble pillar, like in a, in a palace or, you know, a, a big building, but that they would be able to hold up their own weight and the weight of others. And, and, you know, you mentioned Patrick, um, our, after Patrick went to university, he was really praying about going into the military and he went into the U.S. Marine Corps and went through this thing called Officer Candidate School. And he, he was actually pretty young for graduating from college. And so he was pretty young going into the military and he, he finished and he was able to join the Marines. But he was not 100% sure yet. So actually, he took a job in Afghanistan with the United Nations. And he went over to Afghanistan even just to consider if he should go into the Marines. And it was kind of interesting. He had this experience where there was this bombing at a hotel. And there was this one guy that was Patrick's boss and that guy like hid in, um, he like hid in a bathroom during this attack. But there was another guy who had been a veteran, like an older man who had been a veteran in a bunch of wars. And he, as, as a, a civilian now, but you know, he was a veteran, he went and he rescued a whole bunch of people. And it was actually during that experience that Patrick really felt I want to go into the military. I wanted to go into the Marine Corps because I want to be someone who can rush toward the battle mm. and be trained up and make a difference. Um, mm. And so, you know, as a mom, I'm processing all of that. And so he ended up, uh, he went into the Marine Corps. He ended up commanding snipers in Afghanistan. He was in, you know, right in, in frontline area, um, extremely dangerous. I mean, times when there were, uh, there were times it was like over a month, like six weeks where we hadn't heard a word, you know, all we could 
all we could tell was just stuff we were reading on the news. And uh, it it was intense, you know, times of just praying over him and praying for protection. And um, something that I encourage moms is that, you know, we we have passion for our children. And whether it's a, a physical uh, problem, you know, whether it's, you know, a sickness or like this was actual physical danger. I, I mean, as a mom, our heart is passionate for our children. Um, but at this, at the same time, we need to take that passion and not be fearful, you know, not be warriors, like I say, but, but warriors. And so we need to take this love and this passion that we have for our kids and pray for them that they will you know, not just hide from the battle, but that they will do whatever it is that God has called them to do. And anyway, the thing that ended up really interesting about this whole experience was after Patrick came home from his time, you know, he, he finished um, honorably his time in the military, and then he went to Harvard and went to, got his master's degree at Harvard. I tell you, Heidi, that was as big of a battlefield and a time as a mom to be, you know, for me to be, you know, praying and covering him in prayer and mm. praying for God's will to be done. And the, the something that was incredible was that the day that the Boston Marathon happened, Patrick was only a couple blocks away. He was like in a restaurant and they, he heard the bomb go off and everyone began just running crazy away from, you know, where this bomb had gone off. And Patrick came and he, he like left all his stuff there at the restaurant and he ran toward the sound of the bomb. And then there was a second bomb that went off, but he actually was one of those first responders on the scene as a veteran. And he was like, he, he literally was putting tourniquets on people who had lost limbs, people who had lost feet. And lo- it, it was, he said actually that it was um, more gruesome than anything he had seen on the battlefield in Afghanistan, just that, and the terror of all the people around. And like, I remember as a mom, I, I remember sending Patrick a tes- text message and it's like, Hey, Patrick, you know, are, are you okay? You know, what's going on there? You know, what happened with this bombing? And he's like, yeah, mom, I've, I've been here all day. And he didn't want to, he didn't really want to talk about it. He didn't want to, you know, he didn't want to get any attention by what he had done. He was just like, I did what I needed to do. Like I, and I, I just remember, you know, thinking back to that story of even how he had decided to go into the military so he could be someone who could go and run toward a challenge and how he he was like put in a situation where he was able to do that. And um, I, I just I, I just even remember just the, the prayers that day as a mom and even just thanking God for preparing our kids for whatever and and even just continually releasing them to God for God's purposes for God's glory for God's kingdom and it I, I tell you we live in a dark and hurting world that desperately needs Jesus Christ and the gospel and uh, we need to have moms who are are willing to raise up our kids 
you know, to be born for the battle of their generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Jesus came to earth to go to the cross. And we we're not just here for ourselves to get to heaven. We are here as believers to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to multitudes or to one who need him. I, you know, it doesn't matter if it's big and glorious or if it's a tiny little unseen thing that God calls us to do, just that God would give us his grace to be obedient well, in think, whatever it is he's calling us to do. I think sometimes too is, you know, we, we talk about, you know, our children out in the world, but it, but what, but what God is doing in Patrick's life started a long time ago with you and your husband and making a decision to teach your children to hear the voice of the Lord. And, and I, I know that there are so many moms who are, you know, I just finished writing a book called uh, prayers for the battlefield that were released from uh, Tyndale in a few months. And the whole heartbeat behind that was to get these mothers off of the bench. I feel like we've been benched in so many ways. We we've benched because we're afraid to speak truth to the culture. We're afraid to share Christ with people for fear of rejection. And how do you, I mean, Anne, if the, if for the mom who's listening to your story and just saying, well, that's great for her, but I don't even know how to, how do I even start? Um, I would, I love to speak to that because I think so many of us are, uh, you know, we're trying to encourage these moms before you can't give your kids what you don't have. And so we can't, we can't pass on what we don't possess. Mm-hmm. We can't train our children to be on the battlefield unless we are willing to be on the battlefield for ourselves. You know, I keep hearing moms say, I want my kids to walk with the Lord, but they're not walking with the Lord. You know, we want our kids to, to, uh, to walk in, um, in victory and we're struggling with, with, uh, with silent sin issues in our own lives that we wrestle with in the quietness of our hearts that no one else can see. And I, and I just feel like for the mom who is listening or for the dad who is listening and their child is 10 or 12 or four or 14, and they haven't gotten to that place where they're releasing them, uh, to find God's purpose for their own life, but what they are doing is they are training them right now to to hear God's voice. So rather than feel overwhelmed uh, by the, the the changes that we see happening in the world around us, and as you pointed out, the, the brokenness, I mean, there's no better place to see that than at the shooting in Parkland, Florida, a couple of weekends ago. Um, and I want to encourage mom, how would you encourage a mom, Anne, who is trying to, she wants to raise a warrior, uh, but she doesn't know how she wants to get off the bench and onto the battlefield, but she, she's struggling or the father is struggling to, 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 uh, recognize the warrior in himself. And so how do we do that? Um, mm-hmm. in the culture right now, if, if you had a chance to just sit across the table from a, a, a young married couple who is just at the beginning, like your children and my children, uh, my oldest grandchild is four also. And we're watching our children just begin to train their children in a world that seems to be increasingly um, antagonistic toward the message of the gospel. What do you say to that couple right now? I would say bottom line is that we have got to be in the word of God ourselves as parents. We have got to be in the word of God. We've got to be reading, thinking, thinking. Uh, however you can get God's word in your heart, I, like even just listen to the Bible. Do you know you can listen to the entire Bible on audio in 72 hours? So like, you know, there's little half an hour slots throughout our day that are often wasted, either driving in the car or perhaps exercising or things like that, that we we have 
got to be regularly, daily reading God's word, studying God's word, listening to God's word, memorizing God's word so that we are filtering the message of culture through a godly biblical worldview. Mm. And as we are in God's word, as we are, you know, thinking God's word, chewing on God's word, you know, just kind of mumbling God's word to ourselves as, as we're singing God's word, as we're just, you know, thinking in our head, the word of God, then what happens is we become so secure in God's love for us that we don't care what anybody else thinks about mm-hmm. us. We are, we trust God in his love that no matter what happens, we just know that God's going to Okay, I don't understand why this, you know, like when your, your nephew, you know, when, when he had, um, you know, that accident and, you know, you know, stuff that happens. We had this last year. Our, our grandson was in intensive care for three weeks, almost died. And my dad had a stroke, you know, when, when tough stuff happens to just realize, okay, our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And I don't understand why this is happening right now, but I know that God is God and God is real and God loves us and God is looking over this whole situation and I trust him. You know, if we just trust God and if we just stay secure in God's love for us, God's love for our children, God's God's love and God's plan, and then that we just will do what he would ask for us to do. And um, I want to read a verse, um, Heidi, from Ephesians that has really ministered a lot to me. Um, it's Ephesians chapter 3, uh, and I'm going to read it from the Amplified Bible, uh, starting in verse 16. It says, May he grant you out of the riches of his glory to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through his spirit in your inner self, indwelling your innermost being and personality, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And that you, having been deeply rooted and securely grounded in love. Um, and then in verse 9, it says that you may come to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up with all the fullness of God, so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your lives, completely filled and flooded with God himself. Um, and then it goes on to that verse that says, uh, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we should ask or think. Um, just that God wants us to be empowered every day by his Holy Spirit. And, you know, the way that we get powered up is we got to be plugged in. Right. Like uh, my, my cell phone is like constantly running on. I, my kids always make fun of me because I'm, I'm like always running on low. I like, it's always in the red and right, right. does anyone have a charger? You know, I've got to charge up my phone. I'm about to lose. I'm about to have my phone go out. Um, but you know, as Christians, so many times we live our lives that way that we, we don't even have enough margin and we're constantly running out of spiritual power and we don't have energy to do, you know, spiritual energy. We're not charged up spiritually to do what God has called us to do. And I'd, I'd say the biggest advice is just we have got to be spending time in God's word. Mm. And um, I also have 
Heidi, I have this little, um, John and I do uh, teaching that we do at homeschooling conferences. Like we're going to be at Teach Them Diligently along with you. Um, but we have a uh, one of our workshops is about aiming arrows. And we have this one little um, teaching that we do about the different parts of an arrow and how, you know, our kids are arrows. They're not boomerangs. We, we just get one shot and that, you know, happy is the man who has his quiver full of them and that the fruit of the womb is a reward like arrows in the hand of a warrior. So are children of one's youth. Um, and uh, when I think about these four parts of an arrow, there's like this little knock at the end of the arrow that rests into the um, into the string, and it is about relationships. We need to have a good relationship with our children. Then there's like the um, there's the shaft of the arrow that has to be straight and strong. I'm talking about getting God's word into the hearts of our children. Then there's the little feathers, you know, the little three veins usually that spin the arrow for stability and accuracy and flight. And uh, I we like to see that is like teaching our children to actually have a, a living, vital, vibrant personal relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, like those three little fletchings on the arrow. And then lastly, that the tip of the arrow um, is unique, where every single, you know, there's a sharp point that hits the target and how many arrows, you, you can get these different tips to put a different tip on the arrow for the type of target that you're shooting for, and how that we need to teach and train our kids individually in the way that they should go, you know, not just serve Christ, but to train them up in the particular gifts and talents that God has for them. Yeah. And that requires really coming before the Lord in prayer and saying, Father, show me what you have gifted this child uniquely to do. It's one of the things I love about homeschooling. It's this opportunity to really pay attention to the unique gifts and abilities that God has given each of our children, because he wants to use those gifts and abilities for the kingdom. And I think rather than, you know, rather than looking at the sort of, you know, cookie cutter approach, I noticed the same thing is true with discipline. What worked on one of my children might not work on another one because they're they're different they're different uh, children with different needs and different personalities and different strengths and weaknesses and uh, I think it's so mm -hmm. powerful what you're saying about recognizing that our kids are exactly what God says they are they've been given to us like arrows in the hands of their warrior parents and uh, I just I so appreciate I appreciate you especially uh, talking quoting from the Apostle Paul, because uh, we we don't want to, Paul did not tiptoe out onto the battlefield. And it's easy for us to want to tiptoe onto the battlefield, especially, uh, I think, when the, when the terrain that our children are going to enter onto is full of spiritual landmines. And uh, we, we, we can be, you know, victims to our own fear and insecurity. But this is so important. The terrain that Paul ran out onto was not much different than the battlefield that we're on today. And I think that we, you know, we look back and we always say, oh, things are so bad today. No, they were actually pretty, pretty bad when the Apostle Paul uh, was walking this earth. And Paul was surrounded by people who were hostile to the message of the gospel. And surely he had a reason to stay home and be quiet. But instead, he took advantage of every opportunity to engage the culture with the gospel of Christ. And that is powerful to me. And it's a reminder that that's what we need to be doing for our children, engaging our children uh, with the message of the gospel so that they can take that message out 
and do what God has asked them to do. Anne Dunnigan, you are one of my heroes, and I have been so thankful that you've come on the podcast with me. And uh, I just, I hope we get to do it again soon. I appreciate you, Heidi. God bless you all. May may we just live for God's purposes, God's glory, God's great commission, not by our own strength, but by grace. Mm-hmm. And I just thank you for this opportunity. Thank you so much. And for all of you who have been listening today and you're wondering, who is this amazing woman? Um, I will link to all things related to Ann Dunnigan and she and her husband, John's ministry uh, to uh, orphans and to unreached peoples around the world and also to the books that she has written. If you haven't checked out The Whole World Needs Jesus, uh, it might be one of my favorite books ever written for children on uh, about missions and why it's so important. I think because it doesn't just reach children, it also touches the heart of every adult that I've read that story to, uh, because that's God's heart is that we would have um, his heart for people. He came and sent God sent his son that no one would be lost. And it, it's our incredible responsibility to steward the message of the gospel to this generation. So thank you, Anne, for coming on the broadcast with me today. Thanks, Heidi. I'm going to be coming back, uh, as you guys know, on Monday for Mailbox Monday. You know, because you just heard Anne saying she's going to be at Teach Them Diligently. I will also be there. So we would love to uh, collectively be able to just hug your neck, come and say hello. I will be at Teach Them Diligently in Nashville on the 8th through the 10th of March. And uh, we'll, I hope that you guys will just join with us in praying for the men and women that God has called really to the front of the battlefield to say, hey, Follow me as I follow Christ, because there's nothing there's nothing special about someone who does a podcast or someone who writes a book. It's about uh, following God's call on our lives. Each one of you has a call to do that. So I hope you'll have a fantastic weekend, and I will see you back here for Mailbox Monday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.